listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMott and Andy Lehman. Welcome back, guys. I am your host, Andy Lehman, with my trusty friend, Joella Dermott. Yep. Joella. Nailed it. Welcome, Joella. Nailed it. Hey, if you can have a if you can make a name up for me, I can make one. You know, Actually, no, wait, wait, wait. When I tell Siri to call you, it's always calling Joel Demet. Right. It sounds it sounds inappropriate. It does. And angry. But anyways. Yeah, Andy. Um hi. Uh welcome. Hola. Welcome. Welcome. Good to good to be back on here. Um so hey everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Dudes and Dads podcast. I am I am also your host, Joel. Oh my gosh! It, you see, you made my name sound kind of feminine. I'm sorry, and I just call you Wandy Wayman, and that is not. It could have been. Wait, that's not, how would I do it if I would say it in, in Spanish? It'd be like Joella. It's Joel. Joel. That's not an A. I keep trying to add the A to it to make it feminine again because you're trying to <laughs> throw me under the lady bus. No, I oh, just. Oh boy. Um. So guys, hey, uh, we are here this evening uh, for another great episode, and uh, tonight, tonight we're streaming live for behind the scenes. Oh my gosh, guys! For all of our friends, mm. I can't promise you any uh, any amazing content, but I can promise you that's live. But I can pro- <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's facts, facts. Uh, Andy, tonight we have Tristan Clark uh, on the show uh, again. Again, um, uh, it's solo it's solo project. He's he's doing a solo project, right? Right. Because right last time we had him on, it was for the Gen Zs because he is yes. in that Generation Z. Oh, yes. uh, so, uh, but he is he's back with us today. Yeah, and uh, you know we all know. I mean, the thing is, is Tristan is is part of a leadership team of of two young adult ministries not to mention his uh professional bull riding career which doesn't get a lot of press uh when it's fake it doesn't get a lot of press Joel. <laughs> oh that's is that why i i some sometimes the line between reality and and falsehood is super so blurred th- super thin with me but uh, yeah, so uh, we've got Tristan on. Uh, Tristan has been spending the last uh, now year and a half uh, shall I say? Shall we say eyeballs deep in young adult ministry, uh, leading a uh, young adult network, the Oasis Young Adult Network here in Elkhart County area, and then also the recent addition of on the team leading uh, young adult revive school with revive. Well, time to revive ministries, which he's going to tell us all about and what that is. And because I got an eye-opening experience with Revive School the other the other night, and uh, you know, in a world where we're like concerned about what in the world these uh, these young adults are doing, uh, everything that I have experienced to this point um, with young adults in this area has been super positive. So, Tristan, without further ado, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's a pleasure. I had to talk Andy into it, but lies. <laughs> I just like your bull riding career. That's yes. a lie. Also, <laughs> I'm starting out strong. Jeez, Joella. You know, just before just before we, we uh, stepped in the studio here, we were we had our first uh, high school, middle school ministry uh, gathering here. That's first like sort of traditional one beginning of the school year. And it, it should be pointed out that the first game that we played was a game that I can I constructed that is intentionally about deception. So you're really making me question. Maybe there's like some character issues I have to work through, but we might need to go back on the couch back there and have yeah. a session of uh, therapy please, session with you. Please lay down on the heavily floral print uh, couch. So Tristan, dude, just tell us really um, now that I've wasted a solid four minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, tell us in this last year and a half. I mean, a while ago, some things started stirring within you. And I think there were some other, there were other young adults that kind of had a similar vision. And I was as a young adult pastor was just feeling this need in our immediate context for like, man, we have to be, we have to, we have to think differently about how we're engaging some of our young adults outside of how we've kind of traditionally programmed it. And then the ball got rolling. What all happened? Like how, how did, 
Oasis Young Adult Network and and then I guess you can go through that and then with Revive School with Young Adults how those things how have those things rolled out what are they what is happening with them kind of give us that that view and then we'll kind of dive into I think some of the finer points so bring us up to speed absolutely so I was just trying to think back to when uh, dudes of the square table happened last year I don't know if that was pre-Oasis launch or post-Oasis uh, uh, launch. I'm trying to think. I think it was either right... You were close. Like either close or right after okay. launch. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Oasis Young Adult Network. It was... It is a network that uh, was started by a handful of us when we recognized that there was a need in the community, that there were young adults who were looking for something meaningful uh, for a community of believers who would walk together towards Christ. Um and that came off of some previous experiences that we had in another young adult uh, ministry that came before that. And so we were running with some things from that, but also we made some tweaks, some things that we saw just to help um, maybe create uh, a slightly more sustainable ministry. Um, you know, we wanted to create something that was going to last well beyond just us yeah. as leaders being there. Yep. And so is it okay if I share Oasis's vision that I we came up with? Perfect. Okay. So, um, at Oasis, our vision is building authentic community, initiating meaningful conversation, and fostering sacred space to grow with one another in our relationship with Jesus. Mm. So we have that focus on community. We want to uh, facilitate that through these meaningful conversations, and we want to create a space where people feel comfortable to be themselves and ultimately grow in their love for each other and for Jesus. And so it it's been a whirlwind. I mean... <laughs> From what we started at... A lot has happened. Yeah. Man, no kidding. from what we started with and what we thought Oasis was going to be as just a summer, uh, you know, seasonal ministry, college kids coming home, we quickly realized that it was going to be a year-round ministry. Um, we are definitely reaching um, those mid-20s, post-college uh, aged people. And yep. so... Uh, that, that was definitely a little tweak in our approach to things. And we've been figuring it out since then. What, does, what should this look like? Um, and how can we consistently be there without, you know, almost being too much burnout, that kind of thing. So right. it's been a very fulfilling and life-giving ministry um, as a leader and just to see the impact that we're having on people's lives. So what, when, <clears throat> I mean, like you, like you said, you know, there there is this sense of it's a as a young adult network. It's it's multiple. It's what I love about it. And when we were in initial conversations, this idea that this was a larger community effort, where you've got you have multiple um, congregations represented mm -hmm. in the area of, of of young adults. And I just more than any like more than anything, we often don't see churches working together. In in this way, and I and that's it's a it's a hard a harsh fact I think oftentimes where what I see is folks from multiple congregations coming together that that are not all of the same beliefs or backgrounds yeah, or anything yeah like they're, that. They're, yeah they're some of you know some of the core theology would be there but like yeah coming from some different traditions mm -hmm. and and yet you guys are coming together really I mean heavy fellowship focus but also heavy Bible study focus. That's, that's like at, at the core, uh, and, and components of worship. Um, what, what is it about people from different churches coming together in why the network, why not just, why not churches just get their act together better? You know, I'm yeah. saying that kind of harsh way, like get a better young adult ministry. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends what approach you want to take, but at the end of the, at the end of the day, the body of Christ is diverse. Mm -hmm. And so we don't, we didn't want to, I don't want to say limit because it's almost, it's, it's kind of a harsh way of coming to it, but we, we didn't want to limit ourselves based on a church, based on something that we were grounded to. We wanted yeah. to be there in the community as, as a group that was present and there yep. for anyone. Yep. Um, and we've, we've seen that happen. We're pulling people from many different congregations i mean if you want to point at a congregation that might be 
overrepresented it's only because there's four or five people there i mean we're a very right. diverse group right so on, on average like what does your group look like i mean as far as like i hate using the word numbers, numbers. but, I, but yeah. I mean like what does that look like because you mentioned you know the largest would be like four or five people from a group it's like what like overall like how many churches would you say you got involved it's hard to i i'd have to kind of shoot from the hip <laughs> sure. as far as churches i mean Numbers wise, as far as just people showing up, we're averaging right around that 30 uh, person sure. per uh, yeah. week range. I would guess that we have pushing 10 churches represented. Awesome. Um, and, and again, I mean, we're pulling people. We have some people coming from Michigan. We have, I mean, people from Bristol, Napanee, just, I mean, all yeah. sorts of directions. And again, that was really our heart behind it and kind of getting into why we're a network. Um, bigger uh, bigger picture goal for Oasis is networking and creating a level of unity among young adult ministries yep. because the reality is is we're not the only ones here right. there i mean there are at least half a dozen other young adult groups i could just name off now yep. that are operating and that are pulling in people and there's some overlap there um but we again see that 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 unity is so important and we're called to that as the body of Christ. Yep. And so how can we create um, a line of communication or s something um, that we can be centered around that way our efforts aren't divided and trying to do things, but when we come together, we can be more effective just as a ministry. Cause again, it's not about just Oasis. It's not about these right. other groups. It's about how can we reach young adults in this community and serve them and minister to them. Yeah. And I mean, what what is what's interesting um, with within the network is is I mean this is not uh, this is not rocket science. So there, you know, you would look at your the things that you guys have been doing, and it's like there's not a lot there where where there's just like oh no one's ever no one's ever thought about this before. It seems that the uniqueness is really found in your ability to include multiple, like multiple groups, to bring multiple groups of people together around around common experience. Um, but in a pretty simple, I mean, really in a pretty simple way, ultimately. Um, so I guess I'm wondering, is there like if you were to say, okay, like let, let's do the, the five-year thing. Five years from now, if you were to look at Oasis and say, okay, we would be accomplishing our goal and our mission for what we're trying to, like how would it look different from what, where it is right now? Mm. Is, is the network just bigger? Um, or would there be some other things that would be in place that would be happening different than our, than our right now? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's something that we haven't even talked about at a, as a leadership team. So I guess this is kind of <laughs> my take maybe sure. on how I would hope to see things. Um, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that is important to me is empowering young adults. And so again, we don't want this to just be about Oasis. I mean, cool. If we grow, if we, if we start doubling every year, that's fantastic. But I want to see young adults within our group empowered to go start uh, ministering and planting those seeds elsewhere in a young adult community. And so uh, big picture, five years. I mean, I, I would certainly hope that our community is bigger, but I'm hoping that it's not just about that inward growth. Like we want to see outward expansion. We want to see uh, people going and reaching other groups of young adults. Cause at the end of the day, we're reaching a certain demographic and it's diverse, but still we're only going to reach certain people. And so that's again, kind of the beauty of having unity among different groups is like fitting into that puzzle piece sure. and being able to reach other people that we can't. But right. um, in terms of networking um, at, at this point, kind of the bigger picture networking that we're doing is still very much in the works. We've talked a lot about it. We've prayed a lot about it and we've, we understand that that's the direction we want to go in just hasn't sure. happened yet. And so I guess figuring out what that looks like, um, how you can set up something that creates kind of a main line of communication between young adult ministries and just seeing a level of unity within all these ministries that like we haven't seen before. Right. Sure. Right. Let's talk a little bit about like the, the weekly things you said mm -hmm. we have weekly meetings. What does that look like for Oasis network? Yes. So, um, I guess I should start with last year. We uh, were doing two events per week. We had uh, an event called Tuesday Brews Day, and that was focused on um, just 
socializing in community and Which, by the way i love the name it's great tuesday yeah. bruce day i got i have to say we stole it from the group <laughs> that came before us um but it we saw how effective it was in the ministry before us and we wanted to take that and use that um and it was it was very beneficial because at that time we were really starting a community from scratch and so it was a place for people to come and talk and be themselves and again get to know each other and begin to build those relationships that are so vital to right. the sustainability of a community right. um and then thursday nights we were doing bible studies and that was really interesting starting out because um i myself was i, I didn't entirely feel prepared or ready to uh, create Bible studies and lead people in Bible studies. Um, and so it was figuring out what, what is this going to look like? How structured is this going to be? How can we facilitate discussion? Are we going to watch some videos sometimes, which is kind of a, uh, approach we took for a while during the winter months, but this year, uh, due to COVID and the electric right. brew being closed yeah, down, yeah, yeah. um, we decided to move Bible studies up to Tuesdays. And so it's just been a single event uh, every week. Every once in a while, we'll throw in an extra event in the weekend or something like that. But um, show up, we have about half an hour of just time to hang out and socialize and fellowship and have snacks and whatever. And then um, we just get into the word. And that's really, that's really where our heart is at as a ministry is prioritizing the word of God and getting into it and not allowing other videos or podcasts or things like that to become a substitution for those things. Sure. They're great and they're helpful. Yeah. But if there's one thing that I personally struggled with and that I know a lot of young adults struggle with, it's getting into the word and understanding how to do it and being able to make sense of the word. And so um, we've prioritized that as ministry. We want to get in into the Bible and talk about it and dissect it and think about it critically because we believe that the word of God transforms your heart and your mind. And as ministry, we want to create something there that people are drawn to. That's not based on someone else or on a level of hype. Sure. We just, we want it to be there. Is your, has your sense been in, in having, um, having these, I mean, you're having, dis as you're having discussions around biblical teaching, mm -hmm. Do you feel like there's a lot of openness to go to 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 ask the questions, to go to places that are um I mean, I don't know if there's ever the awkward moment when, you know, I because I, I know inevitably it happens where someone asks the question where you're like, um, number one, I I have no idea how to answer that. There's always there's always that possibility. Or number two, like we are going into uncharted territory in our conversation about the about the Bible. Um because like for, for young adults, I think the thing I, I appreciate is, is that like that, that sense of, I, I am, I, what I hope is I am less concerned about being judged for my questions. I think the question is valuable enough that I'm going to put it out there and then hopefully it gets received well. Um, what compared to like, as you thinking back to your, in your like, your adolescent brain and how the you know Bible church conversation went conversations went around the Bible to your young adult leader experience. Like, what do you is is there a difference between the two? Do those conversations look different? Absolutely. Um, there's something special about young adulthood, and I know that there are people who reach this in adolescence and in high school, um, where you realize that there is something so much more that either you didn't understand mm -hmm. or didn't recognize beforehand but nevertheless you are hungry yeah. and you you have questions as, as a part of being hungry you begin to ask questions that you normally wouldn't ask before and so that's something even as someone who grew up in the christian church grew up in a christian household was just very content with what i understood and what was mm -hmm. around me i didn't ask very good questions and so that was something that people had to mentor me through and help mm -hmm. me um begin to take a different approach to almost but Yes. To answer your question, there are a lot of really good questions <laughs> yeah. and I guess this will tie into revive school a little bit more. Yeah. So whenever you want me to talk yeah. about that, but um, there are times when we get into that uncharted territory where it's like, like these are big questions, mm -hmm. but again, people are hungry and they want to, they want to know things. And it's not just for this head knowledge It's because right. they truly do want to understand and they recognize that there's something here that can be offered through scripture and through a relationship with Jesus. And, 
yeah so they they want to make sense of it they want to navigate those things sure. so yeah and and there's also this thing of like real life happening to yeah. them where it it pushes you into the like i better have yeah i better have some concept of what this thing is actually saying to me because now i'm not maybe i'm not as cushioned from mm-hmm. the world or or as uh, you know as protected in some in some sort of ways and I might actually be either working alongside of people or otherwise interacting alongside of other people that don't actually share my, my worldview. Mm -hmm. Um, and like how, how have you guys, um, and I'm wondering if this has happened. I'm, I'm not a, we've not, I guess, talked specifically about this too much, but like how have you guys navigated differences in perspective? Cause again, with, you bring in t- 10 different congregations or whatever it is bound. I mean, it's, there's going to be differences yeah. in what people believe. Yeah. It's, it's bound to happen. Um, I mean, I got, I got asked a question the other, the other night where it was like, uh, you know, cause I was teaching a session, uh, for Exodus six, my go-to passage, uh, over at revive school and, you know, got asked a question where the question cl- clearly the way the question was asked to me is it was coming from a particular perspective mm-hmm. And I immediately knew that my perspective on on that question was different than the person asking it, right? And so, like, I just I thought it was fair of like, we just we see this different, we see this differently. So I'm just putting that out there to say yeah. that. How have you guys navigated that that stuff? I mean, has has it uh, has that been a challenge? Um. Yes and no. Uh, like I said before, as as part of well, it just comes with being a diverse group of people, sure. mm-hmm. and we have people coming from very different backgrounds, yeah. and even currently have very different understandings and viewpoints on life. And I'm not saying one is wrong, right, or anything like that. It's just very again, diverse in that. Yes, way. and yep. so um, thankfully, I I haven't seen it manifest into a level of division or anything like that within our group. Um, Again, like we're young adults, and so we're able to, to some extent, have yeah, that civilized right. conversation. But, but see, the, I think that's what I'm getting at is is that like I think that's a that's something that could be learned from young adults right now. And like what I witness and observe is a like boy oh boy do I disagree with you on this point, but mm-hmm. boy oh boy are we still brothers and sisters, and like we're we are still pulling for each other. Absolutely, and and that's the like that is the thing that I have noticed, you, you know, say what it's maybe the positive side of, you know, within, within your younger generation of like, a like you're exposed to more things and you are more, uh, you know, uh, uh, world wise in your, in your perspective, but maybe one of the positive outcomes of that. I, I just wonder is this sense of like, I am able to hear different perspective and not be triggered on every single thing that comes, that comes my way. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I just look at, I mean, I just look at your group and I go, man, there's just every opportunity for people to not agree with each other. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and yet you guys have, you guys have seemingly navigated that pretty well to this point. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want us as a leadership team to just take full responsibility for that as well, because that not all of those conversations are facilitated by sure, us either. Right. Um, but I would certainly want to give credit to the people who come because they again go into it with open hearts, open minds, and again, it's it's not to argue a point. It's not to try and drive something home. Now, of course, when it comes to truth and biblical truth, we're going to take a stand on certain things, right. but it's like I said before, it's not leading to division. People just simply want to understand. They want to get to know each other better and they want to share their thoughts and opinions. And when they conflict, we use it as an opportunity to go deeper to, um, yeah, really just press in instead of going in opposite directions. Yeah. Sure. Now you, you are a young man. You have a lot of things going on. You, you mentioned this Oasis network, 
but then you also have school and uh, <laughs> you somehow spend time with your family, but then you're also doing revive school. Tell me a little bit about that, what it is. So revive school, young adults, um, revive school was started by time to revive, which is a ministry. I think they're based in Texas. In Texas um, yep. They came to Northern Indiana or Indiana as a whole for revive Indiana back in 2015 winter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like early 2015. Yep. Um, and so was exposed to it a little bit there, uh, planted revive school, uh, two, about two years ago, a little bit more than that. And it was an ongoing thing that, uh, was, was happening in the area. Um, and it was, a, it was specifically geared as a men's ministry. Sure. Those are the people that showed up. Um, but revive school, in general, it's, it's an online curriculum. You work through the Bible for two years and you read the Bible every single day. There's a 30 minute t video teaching with it. And there's, uh, I mean, the main goal is seeing the full portrait of the Messiah through all six, 66 sure. books of the Bible. And so I was invited to come attend Revive School during Revelation. And that was, they, they uh, got together every single night, well, one chapter at a time this past December. And um, I'd actually shown up, uh, like a month or two before that to, uh, one of their studies in Peter and it was just kind of like, like, this is cool, but not something for me, sure. but it's really cool how God lined it up because I was in my own personal one year or Bible in a year program. And the pace that I was going through revelation in my own study lined up exactly with theirs. And so I just bought in and I recognized, um, how important it can be to have someone else guiding you and teaching you, uh, especially through a book like Revelation. I yeah, mean, it's for just, sure, right? And so um, a couple other young adults at the time had a vision for starting this for young adults. And um, we decided to run with it and uh, start times got pushed back because of COVID. But now what we're doing is we're meeting in a barn uh, in Ligonier. It's basically <laughs> Southside Millersburg. And uh, as a group of young adults, we're going through scripture for the next two years. We're reading scripture every day. We're pressing in. Um, we meet the first week of every month in person in this barn where we do live teachings from uh, a group of us young adults and then a featured speaker every week. So as Joel alluded to, he did it this, uh, this past um time in Exodus, yeah, yep. but uh, yeah. And then on those outside weeks where we're not in person, there are D group meetings and you meet once a week with a group of a small group of people and you're just talking through scripture. And so the heart of the ministry is studying scripture. Um, it's about pressing in. It, it's not just about reading it, but actually studying it and taking your time to understand certain things and seeing Jesus through it. And it's really cool. I mean, I absolutely love it. So, yeah, I, you know, it's like, uh, the, the long cry, the long concern, I think has just been biblical literacy in general yeah. in the modern Western world. You know, we had, we have, we have every Bible known to man available to us and every translation right in our pocket, right in mm -hmm. our pocket, all very, very accessible. And yet, you know, knowledge of the knowledge of just the literally the words on the page is, uh, well, it's limited, even if you're, even if you're growing up in church and, um, it just, I just find it really, I mean, I think it's great. It was also just fascinating to me that, that just kind of a straightforward biblical study has been is really the is really the driving force of all of this but not for because this is my other pet peeve not for the sake of information mm -hmm. right but for the sake of transformation and it seems that the only way that you're you know it's be hearers of the word but doers also and you know, my, my biggest concern as a pastor it, in general is, is that we, especially within evangelical circles, I mean, we, we talk about the Bible a lot. Like it, it really, it's a, it's a, you know, cause we're like, we're people of the book. Right. And this is like, it, it's everything to us. And, and yet like the way we approach it is so, it seems very one dimensional often, mm -hmm. oftentimes. And yeah, like, do I want my kids memorizing scripture? 100% I do. Do I think that memorizing scripture is the thing that helps them become more like Jesus? No, I do not. Um, it's not, they won't become more like 
they won't become more like Jesus without scripture, but the, but it's not the scripture that actually, right. Like itself. It's not like the magic sauce. Um, because I'm just, you can know the Bible really, really well and be completely disobedient Absolutely. to it at the same time. And, and that's the, that's the thing. I just think we trick, I know in the Western world, we're so we're very focused on information transfer. Mm-hmm. I, I just get really, that's my, that's my thing. I get really concerned about. So it's been a breath of fresh air for me, just observing mm-hmm. what Oasis has been doing, what revive school has been doing. I mean, revive school, you had 40 young adults in a, and you say barn, let's just be clear. It is, it's a nice barn. I mean, it, it just, you know, uh, it's, it's a shop. It's a we, shop, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's got, it's got a little bit of a, a rusty, you know, a rustic feel uh, to it, but you know, people are showing up to this place. It's not like they're showing up to like a hotel conference, room right? Whatever, right. They're just showing up to this place. They're sitting down rows of tables. They're sitting down and uh, I should say baller snacks though. Like the, some people, so some people have really come through <laughs> on the snacks. Uh, some things never, some things translate to all group meetings, no matter what snacks is, uh, is up there on the list, but like they're giving their time to this. Mm-hmm. There are young adults that are showing up for a couple hours at the beginning of your month, like every single night for, for the week. And, and then I, and I know in the back of my mind, I'm like, yes. And the conversation nationally is young adults are not doing this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, sometimes I'm just trying to reconcile, like what in the crud is going on here (laughs) that they're giving up this much time, putting this much effort in. They know it's, they know it's and and again, I know that not everybody is in a hundred percent full time all the time, but there is a two year track here with, with the goal of, of really going, I mean, really going through the scriptures uh, what, what is happening and, 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 and how in the world is this, is this going on when there is a lot of gloom and doom around young adults and, and engagement and faith community and all of that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to work back through yes. a couple of things that you just <laughs> I said. asked about 50 million questions. So, well, yeah. Okay. So a point that we have made in revive school, and I'm not sure where I saw this quote i think it might have come from um one of the commentaries that i read it said the true mark of a bible student is not a big head but a burning heart Mm -hmm. and in scripture talks about how knowledge puffs up but love builds up and so a point that we have made is again we're not just coming here just to get a bunch of head knowledge like that's Mm -hmm. useless and like you said like we're not called to simply listen to the word we're called to be obedient to it um we were just working through James last night as Oasis and it's exactly what we talked about, be doers of the word. And so uh, we've had this conversation, um, or I've had this conversation with a few different people, like what does this look like and what are we doing that is drawing people in? Because you see a lot of different approaches, even across the young adult ministries here locally of how, like, how do you get people? What, right. what do you use to draw people in? Right. Um, and something that we noticed and just blew my mind this last week uh, is we're not doing anything fancy or special. (laughs) Like we are meeting in a barn in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. No live worship. We're watching YouTube videos. Yes. We are sitting on just some generic tables. It's massively unimpressive, Tristan. Yes. (laughs) It's beautifully beautifully unimpressive. But God is using that time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. And the, and the thing is too, is what we noticed is we're like, we're not doing anything. Like there's nothing flashy about this ministry. Yep. You show up and you learn about scripture. We're not even talking about hermeneutics and talking right. about this great life application. We're talking about just understanding it like right. basic exegesis yep. and the people still show up and there is a community forming around this now and very tight knit relationships just because people show up and study the word of God. Like there's like, there's just nothing fancy about it. You provide that space and you let people know there's something here. Just come try it. And is it possible Tristan that the church is overthinking this? Absolutely. Yeah. I there, (laughs) like I said, there are a lot of different approaches that we see from young adult ministries, even in this area. Mm -hmm. And there is, I would say a general, um, well, there's a desire to hype things up. Sure. Right. But 
at the end of the day, we know that if you're trying to build something sustainable, hype isn't sustainable. Your emotions and that whatever it is eventually fades out. So what are you going to have at the base of your ministry, at the foundation of your ministry that's going to be there as something that continues to draw people in? And the hard part that you have to accept sometimes is that's not going to draw as many people in Yep. because it requires those people to have their hearts in a place where they desire that and they're hungry for that. So sure, create something that wants to pull them in, but make sure that you're feeding them food and not yeah. selling them something that doesn't exist. So yes, to answer your question, there is a level of trying to overthink this and hype things up when sometimes it's just, it's simple. Yeah. And you know, we back in the day, we always used the line, like whatever you use to bring them in with is what you'll have to use to keep them with. Exactly. And, and that's the, if it's an experience and hype and all of that, then that's, yeah, that, that is not sustainable, nor is it scalable. Um, and, and usually ends up burning the people out that are, are trying to like facilitate that and think bigger, better, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, I do. Yeah. And so I, I do wonder. So I, I just, number one, few things for our listeners right now. So if you're, if you are, if you have a young adult in your household right now, uh, regardless of what your sense is or your natural inclination or whatever, I think hear these words, it's not rocket science. Um, simple is simple might be the best solution and the best answer. Um, but a very, it's a very community centered approach toward, yeah, toward, being around the Bible and having and having conversation around it, learning in community, um, and you know it's like, does your young adult have exposure to that? Do, do they have do they have an opportunity to it? And secondly, um, Tristan, how many uh, how many young adults that are in your group have parents that are making them uh, come to? Uh, these gatherings. I'm just, I'm just wondering <laughs> if you'd have an idea. I mean, how many are just making sure that their kid is, you know, doing this stuff. If you can tell that I'm leading you in this question by how I'm asking it. <laughs> I want to say zero, <laughs> but I'm going to give someone the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to say maybe one person, There's maybe one person. <laughs> so you have said in your struck in your structure, and this is, and this has been a conversation we had early on in the leadership team that there would, there was just not going to be a bunch of spoon feeding. It was, Absolutely we not. are, we are, we're going to let you know that we are available. We're going to let you know what we're doing. Uh, and we're going to, and the other thing is we're going to eliminate as many unnecessary barriers to you coming as possible. So there's that. But then you're not you're not hunting people down absolutely not to to come and participate in this. That's not to just discount evangelism, but right. yes. Right. To yeah. your to your point I don't know who needs to hear this, but someone does. I don't know who to hear. I don't know who, but you're out there. You're not going to convince your child to love Jesus. Nobody is going to convince anyone to make that decision to go. That's going to be their decision. Preach. And so what we recognize is, like you said, like we're not here. Like we can't hold your hand. We want to be here for you and we want to, we want to get behind you and help build you up. But Again, like we we aren't here to play around stuff. Like we are here to feed you something that is real, and we trust that when your heart latches on and your heart's in the right place, you're going to desire that and you're going to keep coming back. Do you feel like that approach is a departure from the maybe the youth ministries that some of these people have? Ex- some of the people that are in Oasis or, or Revive have experienced beforehand. Absolutely. So, what I. <laughs> I mean, what in the world, if, if you were, uh, ba- uh, put it this way, based on what you're seeing in young adult ministry, what do youth pastors need to be thinking more about? Mm. What do they need to come to terms with? That's tough. I actually haven't thought through this very much. Um, I guess something that we've talked about, something that I've talked about with other uh, youth leaders is bridging that gap. Um, and this is kind of, I guess, yeah. where the direct, the question is pointed to is how can you close that jump from you have this youth ministry that, in a sense, does kind of feed. And right, we're we are yes, we are hmm. we're under the assumption that uh, 
we're, most oftentimes our programming in youth ministry is there is this sense where we are <clears throat> cater we're catering a little That's, bit yes. yeah we're catering a bit to the the audience we are we're being a little bit more um the way we attract we're, we're being attractional in in some sort of ways because mm-hmm. uh, we feel like oftentimes i mean i do feel like there is a sense of convincing mm-hmm. you know and andy's andy's a middle school leader like there is a we are we do spend sometimes trying to convince kids that this is a good thing to be to be a part of right well and i think at that age i mean yeah. especially like there is some of that where you have to like take that from them and help lead them and so it's right. not just mom and dad saying hey this is important for yeah, you right. but at you know at, at the middle school high school age i think that that's that's important mm-hmm. but but then eventually to your point the transition I mean, we have to be working even in youth ministry toward a transition of you're going to have to make these choices on your own. Yeah. Your discipleship is going to be your job. That is, you know, ain't nobody. It's just like the college freshman that learns one day, like, Hey, nobody checks up on me when I don't show up to class anymore or turn in stuff. I just get a nasty grade at the end of the semester. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my consequence. But in the meantime, there's not like any red lights flashing. Well, well, and I think, you know, as you know, being me being a middle school leader, I, I think, the farther up you go and I, I i even see that with you know going from sixth grade to seventh grade to eighth grade yeah like the more you the farther you go on that that journey the older you get the more they're they take that and internalize that and it becomes yep. their faith becomes their own yeah and they have that passion that, that tristan is saying where you know eventually they're going to want to be hopefully hopefully going to want to go show up you know monday night tuesday night three you know whatever and 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 be searching for a deeper relationship with god like i think that i definitely think that there's a transition and i think as youth leaders it's our job to make sure that we're passing that on yeah like igniting yeah. that fire so that there is that desire to to to, to go from this is just something I have to do to this is something I want to do. It's not just something to check off that my mom and dad happy. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like a lot of your young adults had a like a a drop off period where things were where it was like maybe they got done with their involvement at with youth group or whatever and it just kind of like when I say hit rock bottom I don't mean like you know they were living under a bridge yeah. you know or whatever yeah. but but had like a, a point of disconnect before that was like the light bulb of like oh i've got a i've got a change course here yes i did yeah and actually is it okay if i share please okay because god was putting it on my heart and you just share that story so here's the thing i like i said before grew up in a christian family in a christian church jesus was always close enough to me where i didn't have a desire to seek something out more but he was always distant enough from me to where i wasn't experiencing that heart and that life transformation that we should see in an obedient walk with the yep. Lord. Yep. And so um, I went through that experience. I uh, I made it through a youth group, loved youth group, not necessarily because I was like, Jesus, but right. like, this is fun. Like I right. get to hang out with my, my sure. friends and things like that. And then got to college and um, I did drop off. Didn't, didn't attend church for a while. I was just, I wasn't living a life <laughs> that I should have been living. Sure. And so um, the crazy thing is, is it's like, I wasn't pulled back in completely until I was faced with some really difficult decisions in life and some things that I had to go through. And that's when I realized like, I desire that relationship with the Lord and I need that. And so the harsh reality is, is sometimes it takes that circumstance in life. You have to hit rock bottom in order to realize that there's something so much more than what the world has to offer. And, And that's coming from, me as someone who does now lead ministries and the Lord redeems and you have a second chance, but it's sometimes it's a reality that is tough to come to. I could only imagine from a parent's perspective. Well, that's what I wondered, like for a parent of a young adult who was just like, Oh my, Oh my goodness. My kids, my kids given up on Jesus there, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't think I, I mean, your generation is more spiritually interested mm-hmm. than, than mine. Um, statistically speaking uh they are seeking more uh now there's again just because they're seeking there's plenty of things that that they can find and come into contact with but there's an there's a spiritual openness there but from a parent's perspective the 
my sense is that most parents when dealing with, cause I've had these I've had plenty of conversations over the last 15 years with about young, with young adults and their parents. It's like parents. Number one can go into a guilt mode. Once their kid graduates, when, when things are getting rocky, they're like, I need to fix this from, I need to fix this for my child. I clearly missed the boat somewhere. They, you know, there's an assumption. I clearly missed the boat somewhere. Things are not transitioning as I would hope. Oh, you know, what are we going to do? Um, and, and also just to stand back and to want, it is hard to want, no matter your age of your child, it is hard to watch your kids struggle, but let them struggle. Let them go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I mean, like you said, hitting rock bottom is what was that catalyst that turned you around? Mm -hmm. Yes. And even from my own personal experience, my parents let me go like they let me Mm -hmm. live the life that I I thought I wanted to live, but they were always there and welcomed me back in. And Mm -hmm. despite my the the things that I did, the disappointments, whatever you want to call it, like they were still they extended me the grace that the Lord extends to us as well. And so it, the harsh reality is, is I do know people, people that I'm close to that have fallen off and you don't want to entirely put that back on parents because again, that's the person's decision, but. And parents can make a lot. And I've seen on this side too, parents can make a lot of the right choices. They can do everything, quote unquote, everything right. And their kid ends up, still ends up <laughs> just going off the yes, rails like yes. this this happens but there i do see a trend in parents who tried who wouldn't let go yeah and it it didn't help it just continued to drive their yeah. son or daughter away further and do you feel like and on top of that like they the kid the kid oftentimes didn't have a real mechanism to make their faith their own that was the faith of their parents and mm-hmm. it just continued to be the faith of their parents and then when the parent is really off the scene mm-hmm. there's just the the void there i mean there's like a hopelessness that sets in there because it's like eh, how much these yeah. clothes don't fit anymore they're not they're not mine yeah and and then what do you and then what do you do after that and yeah i uh and as i was looking at some of the questions we had talked about like i i mean you have mentioned because i the like it's it, it has become clear to you what certainly isn't working what methods and what approaches are not working and that is, you know, we're talking hype. We're talking controlled, you know, a high sense of control, mm-hmm. uh, a high, a high organizational structure, these sort of things. Um, do you think if you were to go back, I mean, so if you were to go back now, you're in where, you know, you're a year and a half in, if you were to go back, would there be anything that you would change or would have done differently to this point? So I saw this question ahead of time and I, that this is probably the question I thought the most about, and I still don't know if I have an answer to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, to a certain, like, I don't want to say that as a ministry, we are doing everything right because I don't think right. I don't, I, we're not perfect. Right. Um, but I, I don't think we're quite in a place yet, at least where I can recognize and point to some things mm-hmm. that we messed up on. Yeah. Um, well, because you've been so you're, it's been a laboratory. Yeah. Right. And that's, and I mean, that's been the sense w- which again is a beautiful thing of this is absolute experimentation. Yeah. What fits fits, what doesn't doesn't. And that's fine. Well, I guess another way to put it is we, at least from my perspective, we have not done anything as a ministry. That's just been a huge flop or fail yet. Right. And I'm not saying that that's never going to happen. So you're not, it probably work, you're not working hard enough. Tristan. <laughs> we, we bigger fails. Yeah. Yeah. But it, and I a hundred percent believe it will come up because um, that's just, that's yeah. the reality of it. Right. So in a weird way, like I really look forward to those things because those are learning experiences and just from my own personal time here in this world, I've yeah. realized that sometimes failure is the best way to be redirected and, and to learn from those things. And so, yeah, at this point, I don't know if I can just pinpoint something and say like, man, shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. And I think to some level, like we have been very thorough as a ministry in establishing what we are, how we're going to do things, where we stand on certain things. And it's been that thoroughness that has allowed us to stay focused in what I would consider the right 
direction. Yeah, which is, I think, a hallmark of uh, when the early leadership team meetings came together about mission, vision, and values, yet you didn't... those don't always feel like exciting meetings, but they are the bedrock from which you like, which you are launching things and operating. Yeah. And, and to your guys' credit, like it was, um, time was spent there so that when stuff does come up down the road, there is a clear Avenue for, for, for dealing with it. And, and I think if you just would have gone, had you guys gone, you know, fast and dirty at the beginning mm-hmm. and then like, Oh, we'll just figure this. We'll figure all this out as we go. Yeah. Um, it does lead to more opportunity for confusion and, and those kind of things. And, and I, uh, that is, that is not common amongst young adult ministries. And so you did, you did a little bit of a boomer move and you know, <laughs> <laughs> organized yourself, right? Yeah. You, you, you took some, you took some of those steps or, but again, you know, the Holy spirit moves an organization, you yeah. know, that's there, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, but I just, uh, the intentionality there, it seems to me has helped this thing play, play out better in the long run. And, um, yeah. and to be fair, as a ministry, we had plenty of time to get together yep. and start this. Um, there are other ministries, even, even here locally that just blew up and, they just, they weren't ready for it. And so (laughs) to a certain extent, it's like, I'm very thankful that we did have that chance to sit down and just very thoroughly talk through these things and establish who we were and the foundation that we were going to build off of as a ministry. Because like you said, as you encounter things, it's so much easier to handle those situations when you know the direction and you know your values. And I mean, we very explicitly stated our values and we gave biblical support to everything. I mean, we just, we made sure that we were going to be at that intentional community and we were going to establish things that were going to help keep those guardrails up and keep us in the direction that we felt the Lord was calling us to. In light of the fact that this is all, a lot of this stuff has been going on in 2020. You, you really sound, uh, uh, un, when I say uncharacteristically, I don't mean un, uncharacteristic to you guys specifically, but thinking in the larger culture, you sound really hopeful. Absolutely. And that's one thing I noticed too. It's very much. Yeah. There. And there is, we're desperate for hope these days. And I mean, it's part of the reason I want to, I just want to have you on. If nothing else, if people can just hear it in your voice that like, uh, it's onward and upward, you know, like that has been the sense. And you're able to have that perspective in the midst of everything that has gone on this year. I just think, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I attribute it to the fact that there, your guys' focus has been in such an area that gives you that hope and 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 gives the momentum, and where a lot of hopelessness and momentum loss has occurred in other in other places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you just want to look at some statistics, young adult ministries in this entire area blew up during COVID. Yeah. Hello. Mm. Yes. I mean, we went from having, I don't know, 10 people, a Bible study last year to having 30 this year. Right. There are other ministries that had to move out of their locations because they got so big that they had to go somewhere else. And there are other ministries that are popping up. And so it's like the people are there. The people are hungry. It's, are you going to be there for them and create something that is inviting and opening and are open. And I know that, (laughs) kind of in the conversation of, you know, parenting and what this looks like, it can sound almost pessimistic because it's just like, it's on them. Like to a certain extent, you can't do anything, but, and I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead and I don't know how much time we have, but um, I guess it it comes down to, you can't fabricate young adult ministry. You start with those relationships. You make sure that you love them, let them know that you are there for them. And, create that space that's going to draw them in, build those relationships that are going to draw them in. Um, and don't just don't try and fabricate stuff. I mean, we were so explicit about that as a ministry is we're not going to try, like you can't create a community based on stuff that is fake or doesn't exist. It has to be natural. You really have to love people um, because anything else just isn't going to last. Right. And especially for you guys. I mean, you're the, the group... 
the age group that we're talking about here just has a really good radar for anything inauthentic. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you've been marketed to more than any other generation on the face of the earth. And so you, just your radar is up for any sort of like, uh, I am being manipulated here kind of thing. And so I just, yeah, I, I think as, as a pastor of who who has who has some has a real heart i mean i really legitimately care about young adults and what is going on in their life i the thing that i would say as well to anyone listening is young adults need to lead young adult ministry if you are uh because like and this is coming from me as a youth and young adult pastor right like there is a a sense and again you know people like i'm one of these people it's you know i'm in the research because i'm a practitioner in this area but it's like you know young adult ministry gets thrown thrown over on youth pastors all the time or whatever or this expectation of youth group 2.0 which is my what i rail against all the time and you know it's it's a i think part of the problem in local faith communities tell me if i'm wrong tristan uh is that we're not giving we're not giving young adults the responsibility of ministry that they sh- they should receive because by the way they are going to screw it up okay they're gonna yeah. they're gonna fail uh, you and I've had plenty of conversations about people come like people following through on what they say they're going to do in young adult ministry and, and all of this sort of thing right and and it being like they're in their twenties can we trust them it's going to be rocky but the end result is like we have to give real load bearing responsibility to people right because how are they going to it's like how are they going to grow yeah what okay so back when i had my uh internship with you in youth ministry uh book we read about giving keys to people yeah Um, yeah growing young okay yeah and so that is something i fuller youth institute by the way if you're listening to this i just want you to know uh that yes i've there was the Bible and growing and growing up. There were these two <laughs> books. Yes. So go ahead. Um, this aspect of you have a key, uh, a key ring with a bunch of different keys, a bunch of different responsibilities. And as you give those keys to people, they buy into this process. They begin to own something and, yep. and it builds this intrinsic motivation to um, continue to pursue and, and step forward into those things. And that's honestly something that helped keep me in the church during some pivotal years is because I did have responsibilities and it made me realize that people do trust me. And when you buy into that, it becomes something that is your own and not just this top down thing. And so, I mean, first, and you weren't just shuffling paper. I mean, this is, that's the thing. Like it's real meaningful work and it's work that by the way, if you screw this up, there will be negative, there will be consequences, right? right? Like you're recognizing that. And I know I, depending on what, you know, whoever's listening, whatever ministry setting you're in, if, if there's this fear of like, I can't fail, I can't fail a, 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 I can't fail mentality is death to young adult ministry because it's like, we we are working with people who are taking their first steps into like real stuff mm-hmm. for the first time. None of us in our college years uh, did it right. Every time we, th- this, this was a, uh, this was a considerable season of, uh, of failure and learning uh, for many of us, <laughs> uh, myself included. So yeah, I, that's, that's the thing. I mean, if, if, if I am, if I am more passionate and more convinced that young adults need to be leading young adult ministry. I just like every time, I mean, Tristan keeps proving me right. So that's, that's really helpful. (laughs) But, but yeah, I, I think, um, I think it's hard for young adults to sit. For instance, it would, if, if I were leading, if I were leading a young adult ministry or like a larger young adult ministry, and I am the face of that ministry and I am 15 years, 12, 15 years, the senior of everybody there, what that says is you need to be X, Y, Z this, you need to be this old in order to be a legitimate leader in Mm -hmm. this, in this community. And by the way, that's not you people Mm -hmm. listening. And it's just like that, that that message is not helpful. I mean, and so popular verse among us young people, first Timothy four 12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. And this is Paul writing to Timothy, who is this young guy working in the church. And so, 
as young adults, we still recognize that we are young and that there are a lot of things to learn. But at the same time, we are young adults. Like we can be You're dependent. Sure. Yes. Sure. <laughs> and so like we are able to handle these things and navigate these things. And there are so many different issues and circumstances that have come up that are difficult to navigate, but we're still we're still staying with it. And it's not like we're trying to do everything on our own. Right. A lot of the young adult ministries I know, including Oasis, we have people that we can look to for wisdom and things like that as well. So Yeah. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not at the expense of the larger uh, Christian community and engagement with it, but it is certainly not. Um, yeah, we just we cannot we cannot we cannot we cannot exclude young adults in our in our ministry. I I would be through I would be through the roof. Like even and we're talking I'm not even talking like in church leadership, right? I would be through the roof if there was if if more church boards because I get it, your elders are supposed to be elder i get it but if more church boards even had uh you know leadership development play where it's like hey there's going to be two young adults on this board maybe they're not even voting members yet but they're going to be in these meetings they're going to mm-hmm. be hearing these converse there's going to be hearing these conversations um because it's like it it seems to me that there is this it's like well hey they're going to be off the scene in leadership and in exposure to the life of the church for about a decade and then we're going to try to bring them in into the church and and we're going to call these what were young once young adults now in their 30s or whatever and they they've had they've not had any right. responsibility no, they've exactly. not been called upon for anything right and and that's what we need that is what we need to improve upon we need to be able to risk some things and have some things break in the meantime in order that more people can get in the sandbox mm-hmm. i don't know what other childlike metaphors <laughs> i can throw out there but yeah um dude tristan just keep it up. That's all I yeah. got to say. Keep 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 and, keep it on going, y'all. And thank you for helping bring young adults along in their journey. Yeah, absolutely. Can I do? Can I say one last thing? You absolutely. absolutely can. I know we're killing it no, on you're time. Good. You're good. But I really have a heart and a passion and a desire to see this community of young adults in this area built up and into a mature body of believers. And so I love talking about this. If you're a parent or you're a young adult and you have questions about this, like. I don't have all the answers, but I love talking about it. So I just want to put out that plug that that's good. I'm an open book and I love having these discussions. And your contact information will be in the show notes. Yep. So anyone that wants to get a hold of you can. People can reach out and touch base. And and again, guys, uh, I not that this matters a ton, but uh, this it you know revive school with the young adults, Oasis Young Adult Network. I mean they've got my stamp of approval. Like I just, I see, yeah, I see what <laughs> I see what's going on and it is in, it's incredibly life giving and it's really, really, again, this is some of the most hope giving stuff that we, we have right now in this time where, well, sometimes hope has been a little bit in, sh- right. in, in short supply. So yes, love your young adult, get them involved, encourage them, but just know they got to take those steps. Um, they got to, they got to do it. So Andy, yes, it is now time. Now it's time for dudes and dads pop quiz. Thank so you. you get the pop quiz uh, before we let you go. I know we've uh, we've kept you a long time in the studio today, but I love hearing all of the stuff that you're doing. So uh, pop quiz. Go, Joel. Okay. Tristan is currently uh, a secondary education major at the uh, Indiana University of South Bend. And so I'm just going to flat out ask him the hard question. What is his least favorite course right now? And go. What is my least favorite course? I honestly, with COVID and being online, I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) But um, Oh, man. I'm taking a uh, communications law course, which is just to fill a requirement. And it has nothing to do with my degree. No bueno. No bueno. (laughs) Oh, bueno. All right. Uh, so, what has been your favorite activity that you've done with the Oasis Young Adults? Okay, so we had a camping trip this summer. It was just local at a private property with a pond. One of the most just oh, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was awesome. People came so close together, and it was being a true community together. So yeah, camping trip twenty twenty, awesome. Tristan, if you could guess. Uh how many more miles you've got the civic right now still right yes how many more miles do you think you got in that baby 
how many more miles yeah, if you were just to if you were just to say i'm at like 175 right now i'm gonna push it to at least 215 boy. it'll do it it'll do it my my dad's my dad's civic same same year model and all that we're at like 305 on that bad boy so nice. it's possible it's making some weird noises, but I think it's, <laughs> it's possible. All right. I'm keeping it short tonight. So this is my last question. Oh, he's done it to me now. I mean, I, yeah, uh, you can go away as long as I'll you just want. Keep just, asking. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you could drive any car, what would your dream car be? Oh, I don't think about this very much. I'm just keeping standards low. <laughs> um, Anything that has wheels that dream, goes. Oh, the, the Tesla. What is it? The Model S okay. it's super nice one. I just want to go fast. I just want to go fast. Uh, let's see here. Um, maybe this just be my. This will be my. Uh, I was just going to ask which of his favorite, which is which of his sisters is his favorite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> something real controversial. Uh, just say the one that starts at the T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that one. My um, younger one. Oh boy. Um, Oh, you can see, okay, little. Well, I was going to say it would be a little known fact for maybe some of our listeners, but uh, Tristan has really grown up on a farm. So I do want to know what the most disgusting farm experience of your entire life has been. Oh, disgusting farm yeah, experience? Yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of manure mm. and things around the farm, and I just assume that there's just stuff like that. But. There, there's always something. Um, so, first thing that came to my mind was uh, earlier this year, uh, Oasis call leadership uh, yes, Zoom during, I remember, I remember this, and yes. my dad texts me and says you need to come out or he doesn't text me he calls me he says you need to come out right now only me to go out it was about 10 o'clock at night and he was spreading manure and the skid loader bucket got caught on something in the manure spreader while there was oh, already manure no. in it so i had to dig through it and little oh. did i know i should have brought gloves or anything so i'm no. just uh. hamming through this fresh manure trying to figure out what is going Ooh. on and oh. my fingers smelled like poop for three days uh. <laughs> okay that's that that might winner, be the, winner. <laughs> ding 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 that might be the best answer yet we've had oh, for anything oh. i mean it's that yeah that's, that's gonna stay I with think. me that's gonna stay with me <laughs> oh my gosh well guys hey thank you for tuning yes. in uh tristan it's been a joy it's been a pleasure appreciate it man uh guys as always you can get in touch with us over at dudes, dudes and dads, dads podcast dot com at, at gmail.com at Just gmail dudes, yeah yeah sure you can Dudes and Dads Podcast at Gmail. You can shoot us a line over there. The and website is dudesanddadspodcast.com. We don't talk about these things beforehand, apparently. But we do know where the fun is, and that is <laughs> that is with all of our uh, all of our social media. So yeah, like, share, as always, guys. Appreciate you hanging with us. And uh, well, until next time, grace and peace.